This podcast was recorded on the 26th of February, 2020. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and people outside the binary. This is Less Stupid with Thomas Huda, a show that's completely uncut, uncensored, and unsure what it takes to be a young, successful DJ in Eugene, Oregon. But luckily, my guest might be able to help with that. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I am DJ Kalian, and uh, as known as Katie Harvey, you know, my legal name. True, true. <laughs> that government name. Yep, the government name is Katie Harvey, but yeah, I'm a DJ here in Eugene. I've been doing it for about four years, uh, five years actually now. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And you have a residency at? Um, the Drake. Or, yeah? Um, well, Maybe not recently? I don't know. No, actually, um, cool. yeah. Well, I guess I could just say it right out of the gate. Um, I'm not. I'm not there anymore. Cool. Right on. <laughs> well, look how uh, badly I've started this. No, interview. no. Um, this is very recent. Okay. Very recent. Cool. Yeah, which is part of the reason why I thought it was good to actually come on here. All right. And right uh, on. to talk about it a little bit. Cool. Well, uh, you have bailed me out because I was gonna do an interview with a Republican uh, congressional candidate here in Oregon, but he bailed on me. Oh, Republicans! No, geez. just kidding. Um, <laughs> what the? And heck? so, but you're bailing me out because I'm trying to do a show every week. We put them out roughly every Thursday-ish, Friday-ish, and I have a big block of time carved out. So I'm just gonna edit it tonight, and throw it up on there tomorrow. Hey, there you go. So no All pressure, right. but this is like <laughs> this is like news. Like, I want to out at the gate ask you Mm -hmm. what's a controversial opinion you have about anything about anything oh man oh i guess one that bugged me a lot this year was the uh straight pride oh (laughs) that i had a lot of a lot of conversations with uh co-workers i work with all guys okay yeah and it was a lot of uh just quick debates uh in between work of of if it was okay to to have and uh, mm. and I'm not one to uh argue with people or have mm. any kind of discussion about that at work cuz okay. I just want to get my paycheck and leave <laughs> um but you know there it does bug me that there people think that that's okay right <laughs> yeah yeah that's definitely one of those situations that reminds me of All Lives Matter where, okay, if you just take those three words, All Lives Matter, yeah, that's a good sentiment. Mm-hmm. But we pretty much know that that arises specifically to d- take away from, detract from mm-hmm. a movement that's really important about black lives. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, definitely kind of, uh, it's, try- I know they try to equal it to saying, oh, you know, uh everyone should have equal rights is what they tell me. They're like, well, yeah, I mean, if they want to do it, then why can't, you know, everybody have their own pride. And, yeah. and it, it, then when they say that, then it's like, all right, do I dive into the details or do I walk away? Right, <laughs> like, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's well, that's a tough one. <laughs> I got my stupid uh, liberal arts degree from college, and so I feel fairly learned, whatever that means on these topics. And um, have you ever heard the phrase or the word positionality? Uh, maybe once or twice. <laughs> right, right. It's in kind of the social justice lingo. And really it means that, you know, not everybody's at the same position in terms of how much power, privilege and opportunity they have in society. So like I should recognize my positionality as like, okay, I'm half white and I kind of present as white. And that means that, you know, maybe I shouldn't be, uh, you know, trying to put myself at the center of all these racial justice movements for things I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And like, 
that's something I would love to get out there more into the mainstream discourse as yeah. part of what this podcast is. It's like, you know, maybe your coworkers could recognize that like the whole world is a straight pride parade. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you were, you were uh, born with, uh, you know, your rights right off the gate when you're uh, straight. I mean, you don't have to deal with any uh, right. problems growing up. I mean, that's sure. just something to be like, eh, you don't have to deal with, uh, you mm -hmm. know, any hate comments or people not accepting for who you are. Yeah, like, there is no slur know? about straight people. <laughs> you don't, you don't deal with that's any of so that straight. shit. Oh my yeah. God. Pride is a place to Hetero, go run gross. away. Yeah, pride is not a place natural. to go run away from, you know, if you're still not in a good place, uh, you know, if you're still dealing with the hate comments and you're still dealing with all that stuff. Pride is a place to go to like socialize, get away from it and be almost feel like you're just 100% comfortable, you know. Right. I went to Portland Pride and that was uh, walking around and seeing the joy and the happiness and like yeah. just everyone feeling so comfortable. It's just such a different vibe and feeling of just walking around Portland on an average day. Like you feel so much more at home almost like you just right. don't want it to end. Yeah. Everyone's so happy. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't want it. I don't want it to end. I feel so comfortable with being who I am. Hundred percent. I'm not gonna have to deal with uh, people walking past me and double taking because I'm holding a girl's holding. hand or, <laughs> you know. Right. So. Absolutely. We'll rock on. Yeah. Um, I went to Portland Pride in 2013 and I had a really similar experience. I thought it was freaking awesome. Um, that was the same year that I think the de the Defense of Marriage Act. Doma got knocked down, which was great. And then I think 2013 or 14 is when federally they were like, yeah, we're going to give these people rights yeah. uh, to marry. <laughs> so yeah, I that remember was, that day. That was pretty outstanding. Yeah. I was like, oh, cool. Like uh, my girlfriend at the current time, I looked at her, I was like, hey, we can get married now if we want to, <laughs> like, you know, just send it out there. Yeah. Not that we're going to do it tomorrow, but I mean, now we have the option. There's a whole lot of financial and tax benefits that can come from that. Oh, um, so many. Mm -hmm. uh, hospital rights, uh, your partners in the hospital, yeah. you know, like I, I wrote a paper my senior year on it, you know, when mm -hmm. it wasn't, it was only a few states or more than a few, but sure. it wasn't all over the United States and wrote a paper on it and didn't even know until I did the research on like how the limitations are of like seeing the person that I'm with and not actually having the same rights as someone who is straight, a right. straight married couple, you know? So absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it was really cool. Uh, you and I both went to North Eugene High School. Yep. Class of 2012 here in 13. 13. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty great. Um, I love North Eugene so much. And one of the things that I like about it is it's got this unique character. When you think about Eugene Public Schools, 4J, the ge geography of Eugene, North Eugene being up in the northwestern part of town, mm -hmm. much more of an industrial um and like rural and uh, diverse in terms of like Latino and Latinx people. Yeah. Um, and so like it was interesting because when I'd go to other places, they would kind of typecast Eugene as being like, oh, one of the most liberal hippie places ever. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, my friend Dylan Hudson would say, you know, we had a bunch of the hicks who would wear camo to blend into the white walls at school. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that was one of the coolest things because... Um, you know, I don't want to put South Eugene on blast, but you know what? The, they were the first high school in Eugene. They were called Eugene High School before mm -hmm. North cropped up. Um, 
and it's kind of where the more moneyed par- parts of Eugene kind of tend to be. A lot mm-hmm. of the uh, children of the professors at the university, the lawyers, the doctors, etc. Yeah. And, um, but I think some of those students didn't get as much exposure to people who just have like a more conservative, mm-hmm. um, maybe a more like Christian evangelical view of the world. Yeah. Oh, um, definitely. So I liked seeing um, people whose parents didn't agree with gay marriage, same-sex marriage, who, being young people and being in a different generation where we're just much more open about that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, they came to that understanding, and that was pretty, pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. yeah, that's what I appreciated North just because of, yeah, the diversity and all the different kinds of people who went there. And, I mean, I jumped around from group to group. I hung out with the, you know, the Hicks and yeah. hung out with uh, all sorts of different type of... I say that with endearment, by the way. I, I hung out with all sorts of different type of people and you were on the basketball North. team, like, mm-hmm. all four years? Yeah, all four Hell years. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I loved playing the drums at those games. Yeah. That was so much fun. Such a good time. Yeah, I, I loved high school as much as I thought I hated it. Realizing it now, I appreciate it more than I probably did then. Right. But being every day, you get an opportunity to be around so many different people and you get to learn not only from class, but different types of personalities. Now as an adult, you just go to work, you go to maybe go to school, go home. Like, you know, you don't get that social life that you do you know, out of high school. I've even just appreciated working in a big workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, a hotel that I work at, I've covered up the name of it here. Um, but it's downtown Mm -hmm. and it like has a bunch of different departments. And so, you know, I've become pretty friendly with the housekeepers and the dishwashers and the uh, accounting people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's got its own ecosystem with different pockets of people. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of an idealist and when you talk about you know that great part of high school like even especially because Eugene's a fairly small college town Mm -hmm. sometimes I like wish that we were more like a great high school like Mm -hmm. like um you know I would love to just see like not necessarily a prom but like you know just more fun get together activities here Mm -hmm. in Eugene um how do you think Eugene has changed in the time that you've have you been here your whole life my whole life yeah Yeah. i was born in springfield and lived there until i was about three but then my whole life i've been in eugene so um i mean for changing i think um as a kid i've been on this part of town right where we're sitting actually was my elementary school home of the pandas home of the pandas originally raccoons and we changed to the pandas that's pretty great yeah once uh santa clara elementary came over here they felt the need to to change it to okay. pandas but we're at spring creek by the way yeah spring creek elementary holla and uh yeah i went to madison and then i went to north so i've been pretty much on river road my whole life yes and uh seeing the change from eugene i would say i don't know like uh I still get so excited just seeing so, I mean, I'm not to bring it back to, you know, pride and, you know, LGBTQ plus, but like, I just see so many more couples out there like holding hands and like so much, I'm still shocked by some of the acceptance that's going around in the world here, here in Eugene on River Road. Like I just, even down the street here, I was waiting at the light right down at the end of Irving and I saw two couples like one crossing this way one crossing that way mm-hmm. and there was a male and male couple and then there was a female and female. i don't know if they're hanging out or what it was but just seeing both of them like holding yeah. hands and stuff i was like 
what the like yeah you just don't you don't see that very often and i just feel like people are more and more coming out you know their shells are just coming here knowing that this is kind yes. of a accepting place yeah you know so i don't know I, I think it's changed a lot in a in a good way um i definitely think we're growing and and uh population yep you know buildings more and more buildings are being right. built and we're having a really hard time meeting the demand for housing yeah with that and it's going up like crazy. Yes, it it's is. It's almost impossible to live on your own unless you have a good paying job over like, I don't know, 16. If you make $16 an hour, you probably can live on your own. But yeah. otherwise, you got to have like two jobs or yes, you got to find do. a house to split between mm-hmm. which what I'm doing cur- currently. I'm just moving this weekend with the uh, two other guys. Oh, and cool. Yeah. Just that's the only way I can pay. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. You got to have roommates, you know. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to coordinate when you have two jobs or some people got three jobs, Yeah. you know, and can you do much of anything else and have a social life when you're, you know, every week you get your schedules and you send them to your boss and then try to coordinate or whatever. Um, you know, unless you have like a job that's like fixed at a certain time, uh, mm-hmm. works with the other one, but like who has that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, the job market here, um, one of the things that I, did you know that I'm running for office? I did. Okay, cool. Yes, very so, cool. Well, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But one of the things that I want, I mean, self-interestedly, mm-hmm. is to make Eugene just a better place to be for people around our age. Oh, yeah. Like, when you're in your 20s, yeah. Eugene is, I mean, think about all the people that we know who have gone off. You know, I left and went to college somewhere else. I didn't want to mm-hmm. stick around, and but I'm glad that I came back. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of those more young professional jobs mm-hmm. um where you can make a solid living yeah. uh it's it's hard to do i mean one of the biggest industries we have is um we're a foodie town oh yeah so, and beer yes and beer, and beer. so like my friend <laughs> ki who's a rapper ki design mm-hmm. at level up arcade oh um you know he really wants to uh, you asked me if we can cuss on this. We can definitely cuss. I'm quoting him here, <laughs> but he really wants to own his own uh, bar so someday he can tell like the really, really uh, mean, abusive customers to suck his dick. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's something yeah. I would say to a stranger. Yeah, but uh, some people, you know, in the service industry, like you get you come in and you buy your one whatever, and you feel like you have the right to just like you know, proverbially piss all over the person who's serving you. Yeah. That's not great. No, no, not at all. Yeah. But but the other thing he says is that, um, and the why I brought it up is because he's like, yeah, I mean, I didn't go to college and this is like being a bartender is one of the only jobs you can make a real living. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Those um, tips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, definitely. That's what my, uh, my other income was, was DJing on top of working my Monday through Friday job. For sure. So on top of wanting to, I want to create my own brand. I want to, I'm starting to do that this year. Nice. Yeah. So that's kind of, uh, the transition. I think I'm still always going to be DJing and I'm still, um, always looking for work and everything, but, right. uh, yeah, no, currently I am not DJing anywhere. Um, okay. yeah, I, uh, I was well, going to dive into that sure. whenever, whenever you want. Sure. I mean, mm-hmm. well, you know, let's, let's, let's get into it. But I, I wanted to say, cause I said you had that residency, mm-hmm. which you did a great job. 
Thank Let you. me say that. Um, you had that two place. Two and a half years. You had that place two hopping. Two and a half years. And like I would show up and it would be like, it would be awesome and I'd be having a great time and I'd be like, oh, sweet. This is like, you know, people are really dancing in Eugene. Mm-hmm. We have a nightlife. And you'd be like, oh, sorry you came on such a dead night. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I bet I, I, bet I could have come on nights when it was just like wall to wall people. Yeah, no, that we had definitely had nights where it's, I mean, we were always busy. You know, we had nights where... Um, we were like weirdly, you know, like not having the normal crowd, which would be like wall to wall. And to me, that sure. was like kind of a dead night. Um, I don't know. It was during Christmas time. So I don't know during December. I don't know if it was people just not being in town or, you know, visiting other family. But right. it was definitely um, um, weird for the Drake, um, which was whenever I'm just hard on myself, too. If the crowd, if it's not wall to wall, then I'm just like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> but yeah no yeah it um it was the one of the best experiences i probably ever had djing there yeah nice it was yeah they got a pretty good elevated stage and you're looking out over the crowd and i bet that helps a lot to be able to see definitely really how people are responding Mm -hmm. it's got a long floor plan too so from where you're standing you could probably see like the bar all the way back there all the way to the end you know you could play the stuff that you think is going to bring people out yeah. It, nice. Yeah. I, I mean, I started DJing there when there wasn't a stage. Well, there mm-hmm. was DJing on the floor, bringing mm-hmm. my own equipment. So right bef- right after they switched from sidelines to the Drake is when I started. Nice. Yeah. It's one of the, the nice. longest DJs DJing there, which yeah. is really cool. And you were recognized by the Eugene Weekly's Best of Eugene in mm-hmm. 2019 as the best DJ in town. I was. How did uh, how do you feel about that, and how did that come about? Uh, that was that was amazing. That was a really great experience, and also just really shocking in a way. I mean, I had a lot of support, which was awesome. Having the support nice. of friends and family, and I didn't realize how much support I had until that started to come about and me trying to put it out there. I wanted the votes and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. And then once I got it, you know, it was like, Oh my God, like I really got this title. Like, you know, um, that's awesome. Just really cool. Uh, it helps putting on a resume. It totally does. You know, um, what I heard from a friend is the weekly has a bigger, uh, readership than the register guard. I have heard that too. That's badass. Yeah. That, that is really cool. Um, I like have a lot of frustrations with the the media, right? What does mm-hmm. that mean writ large? Well, it's like I like the phrase mainstream corporate media because mm-hmm. um you know, I grew up really liberal and blah blah blah, but I also like the world has changed a lot. I've changed a lot. I'm still very liberal and progressive, but um what I like to see more of is like let's humanize everyone and let's not just demonize people for who they voted for or like yeah. for being of a different political party right mm-hmm. um but the phrase mainstream corporate media helps because like if you watch fox news they rail constantly about the mainstream media it's so left it's so liberal mm-hmm. whereas people who are very liberal like the hippies they don't they don't like corporate news mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but, but they're basically talking about the same thing yeah it's just we're so divided as oh, a yeah. people that sometimes I just wish we could be having better conversations with one another. And maybe if we had more mm-hmm. better, better vocabulary to bring more people in better together. understanding. Or, yeah. Or like better. Just if you just understand where someone's coming from, you know? Sure. Yeah. Or like another, uh, vernacular example. Um, I was interning for a group called OLCV. Uh, it's an environmental group. 
but they're called Oregon League of Conservation Voters. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the word conservation just polls better in rural areas. Mm -hmm. um, people, people are, I mean, because it sounds more like conservative. Yeah. Um, but if you look back into history, Teddy Roosevelt was one of the greatest conservationists mm -hmm. uh, in terms of a president. And he was a, he was a Republican. He was a pretty conservative guy. Yeah. Um, and so like, that's one of those issues um, where you can bring in a lot more people uh, if you don't just toe the party line and you yeah. just try to reach out there and have discussions with people. I love my electric car. I, I don't judge people for not driving electric cars because uh, it's just kind of a burgeoning thing, you mm -hmm. know, like, and I want to promote more like the feasibility of it. And we need to make more like we don't have a single fast charger in Eugene. Mm -hmm. um, there's three speeds you can charge your car. Level one is you just plug it into the wall basically and it takes like almost 24 hours to charge the whole thing. Nice. Level two is it goes takes like three to four hours. Um, so that's pretty good. And you can do it overnight if you have one installed at your house or whatever. But then level three is what you really need if you need, need to get back on the road. It only takes like 30 or 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. But Eugene, you'd think being having this great environmental history that we would have one, but we don't have a single fast charger. Mm -hmm. And all the chargers, the level two ones are kind of tucked away in mm -hmm. like weird, uh, like in parking garages or just out of the way. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's me on my, on my ta <laughs> rambling tangent. Yeah. Um, but, but because you're such a talented DJ and because I literally don't know that much about what it takes to be a DJ, mm -hmm. um, should we start with the, the really basic basic ass question of like how did you start yeah sure and uh you know what inspired that yeah definitely um i uh i it was like three or four years ago i you know have always loved music playing music for people and it's something i always say kind of kind of corny but at parties i would always steal the ox cord Fuck yeah and uh there was like one party in particular i remember where uh nobody was kind of having a good time i mean they were just talking kind of hanging out there was um kind of i would say mumble rap i don't know just some sure. random stuff going on in the background mm -hmm. nobody was really kind of having a great time and so i just pulled someone's phone off grabbed mine <laughs> and just started playing a lot of stuff that i know that everyone likes that everyone has heard before yeah and a lot of throwbacks a lot of stuff like that that's kind of yeah. my, my thing and uh, I started playing that those songs that I knew like we were gonna get the party going, and I just saw everyone's reactions and everyone's yes. faces and how it changed the party so quickly, and that's where my addiction started on <laughs> sealing the aux cord. <laughs> you know, sealing the aux cord is where I started from just doing that, and then I started telling everybody I'm I'm gonna DJ, like I'm gonna do it. You know, yeah. I had a lot of people laughing at me and a lot of people like you're okay, and uh, you know I started playing stuff for people and it sounded awful when i tried to do transitions and stuff like that i had no idea what i was doing <laughs> and then i finally saved up enough money to get my uh first controller and nice. i had luckily uh, uh some good friends who let me um dj their parties even though i barely knew what i was doing i right. think i even remember dylan hudson was at <laughs> one of the parties <laughs> i first DJed a lot of shout outs. Yeah, I, love dylan it. Hudson. I gotta get him on the <laughs> podcast you know that motherfucker's got a lot to say <laughs> oh yeah yeah Just he's for a people good guy who don't know uh, balding, red-haired kid <laughs> who is just like one of the most brilliant 
public speakers you would ever talk to. It's just like he's a good guy. I, I consider awesome. myself to be ver- pretty verbal. Yeah. described as hyperverbal. I talk to him and you get him going, and I just like I can't get in a word. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, I I love talking to that guy. He's yeah. he. That's what I remember is he uh, was one of the people that like just like yeah you got this you're awesome yeah. da, da, da. like so supportive was, yeah absolutely yes. and that just just people like that that made me think like okay like maybe i am doing a good job maybe i am doing something right here even though i may not be the most technically best dj i, uh, I yeah. got the crowd going with the song you know yeah. that i chose so that right. just started me and i saved up some more and got a better controller and then um decided i'm gonna go to the bars I'm going to yes. do it. I'm going to DJ for people. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not going to be just sitting in my room, just practicing on my own and t- being a big critique on myself. I'm just mm-hmm. going to put myself out there before nice. I, I may even be ready for it. And uh, a lot of people. I think that's good nowadays. Humored me for it. Yeah. I, I think, okay, it's not great to like blow up before you're really ready for it. Yeah. But I think it's good to like be pushing yourself out yeah. there as much as possible because if somebody does get interested in you and wants to like bring you up you know mm-hmm. some big dj like they're gonna want to see they've got millions or, or at least thousands of people that yeah. they could choose from to like help out but mm-hmm. they they that's what people want to see nowadays because we have the internet um you should be taking advantage of that yeah. opportunity yeah and sometimes too you gotta like kind of you know fake it before you make it kind of yes. thing you know what i mean like you gotta uh, I, I definitely was not technically the best dj but i went and told them i knew exactly what i was doing and i had one mix on soundcloud uh-huh. that was i listen to it now and i cringe at um <laughs> but it i told them to listen to it and it got me into um the bar across from taylor's uh webfoot formerly taylor's uh, what yeah well yeah formerly that taylor's i've heard about 42, that uh, yeah <laughs> pretty bad uh, like situations <laughs> yeah. there involving drugging yeah. of people. I DJed there once um, and I'm pretty sure they, they were telling me they were giving me an opportunity but I'm pretty sure I was just covering for an emergency oh, really? cancellation of a DJ. Yeah. Um, they never contacted me back after that. I think they just needed someone to cover but um, I DJed uh, very heavily at Webfoot. Okay. And then yeah. uh, did that well, brought Taylor's, all my sound equipment Taylor's there. Taylor's benefited from having the literal best spot you could have. Yeah, absolutely. Literally I love Literally the closest DJing to there. the hub of campus mm-hmm. and right across from the bookstore. You can't if you're, you can't have a bar in the spot where the bookstore is yeah. but like even better than Rennie's Landing which is also a great spot mm-hmm. just right there so yeah um, I know a lot of people are pretty pretty glad to see that that you know well it's 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 a complicated thing um, because DJ opportunities are far and few between mm-hmm. um, it seems but like given how unsafe that freaking place was oh thank yeah thank goodness that it's I'm okay with not yeah. DJing there I was very okay <laughs> with that I ended up at the Drake for a long time and I did cowfish for a lot of Sundays for mm-hmm. almost a year um, just knowing trusting that that was just going to give me that experience into getting sure. me the next place and uh, it got me into the Drake and did weeknights there for a while and then finally i got the opportunity to do halloween which that's dope yeah which was a big night it was not a weekend night but uh it i brought in such a crowd that nice. they decided okay you know what we're gonna make you a weekend dj finally sweet so that was awesome wow. yeah they did that for going on two and a half three years mm-hmm. uh djing at the drake and uh yeah i mean it kind of finally came to an end sadly unfortunately for a sound accident oh really yeah that sucks that sucks like everything cut 
cut off and wouldn't come back on? No, or? it was actually something I, I wasn't even, even aware of. I was even thinking about asking you like one of your worst, what's your worst <laughs> horror story of being a DJ? Because that's a lot of, yeah, that's a lot of uh, pressure to oh, be a DJ. God, especially weddings. Um, oh gosh, I've I'm done sure. weddings. I've done lots of weddings. Um, I have more coming up this summer. Um, but yeah, weddings are a whole nother set of pressure, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. The worst thing was, was actually probably at a wedding. It was, uh, I was about to do the ceremony and, um, my, it was a hundred and 102. My laptop was overheating and I was directly in the sun. That was before I realized I needed some kind of fan or shading or something. And, uh, it just died on me right before we were going to start. Oh, Luckily there God. was a, uh, a barn, uh, right next to me and, uh, they had an apple cooler and I ran to the back and put my laptop up to their, their fan where it kept it cool. And I uh-huh. just put it there for a good minute. Wait, and like then, the, a cooler for like the fruit apples? Yeah. <laughs> and you used your, yeah. it was it a MacBook? Uh, it was just this cooler in the back. Okay, like, but we you have a cooler. your Apple computer my, yeah, on my, the my, Apple My cooler. Apple computer, <laughs> though, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I didn't had even to think make of the sure irony. that that was what happened. I didn't even happened. think of that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Gosh. I, I have, it brought it back on, and then they uh, dragged an ugly umbrella table over next to me, which I was so embarrassed about. Mm. Um, I had it all cute, uh, the table all clean, mm. wires hiding, and then after that, it just all came apart, but we, I managed to get my laptop back up, and uh, luckily, I was pretty close to the family so they were very understanding right and uh yeah played played the ceremony but that was that was the panic mode oh my god if my laptop does not come back on what the fuck am i gonna do (laughs) play my iphone maybe you know right well yeah you gotta have something back up i guess yeah um there was a time that because i i i can relate to a little bit of the excitement of being a dj in that there was one party and it was a great party and it was in college and it was in the basement of this house or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, super dark, you know, just like kegs, people having a good time. Yeah. Um, but the crackly ass cord going into the one speaker that they had was was crapping out. And, um, and I think there was a bunch of beer spilled on it and stuff. It was just making bad contact. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of like... Uh, the person who was trying to play music gave up and there was enough people there that like people are still having a pretty good time, but you can't really have a party without music. No, no. <laughs> Especially over. when it cuts off immediately like that. It's yeah. like the worst. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I kind of fiddled with the cord, bent it, bent the metal part of it, <laughs> shoved it in and I didn't keep much music on my phone at that time. But until I got the guy back who was actually spinning what, what he wanted to play, I had one song that I knew everyone on my phone that I knew everyone would like. Mm-hmm. It was All the Lights by Kanye West. Yeah. And once that came on, people were like, yeah, (laughs) perfect. one of the best feelings of my whole life, just saving that party. Yeah. 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 Getting everyone's reaction. It's just like a whole other feeling. And when you can control a crowd or you can have everyone react and it's like, all you did was just put this song on that made everyone feel so good. Right. You know, that's, that is what I feel like a lot of DJs live for is just the reaction you know, from the crowd, you know, there's a lot of DJs who just have a passion for music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think DJs in general, you know, they're, they could be producers. It could be both, but I feel like when you're just a DJ, you're just the, your main 
goal is to focus on the crowd and making sure everyone has a good time. Yeah. You know, if you're not doing that and you're focusing on the music that you like, well, and maybe you should get into production on yeah. something that you're more passionate about yeah. personally, yeah. you know? So that's, I well, think there's two different types of DJs, the ones who play for people and the ones who play from themselves. Okay. Right on. Mm-hmm. I was, when you said that, uh, parked my ears up because I was going to ask you, um, Okay, like if you're a rapper, people know exactly what you do. Mm-hmm. If you're a drummer, if you're a guitarist, people know what you do. But I think DJ as a term actually kind of is a little bit of an umbrella term because like, mm-hmm. you know, you've got your old school disc jockeys who play on the radio mm-hmm. um, and they spin stuff on the radio. Um, you've got people who are like hip, like old school hip hop DJs that have two, tur- two turntables yeah. and they're spinning vinyl. They even would be kind of distinct from people who use Serato, mm-hmm. um, which for people who don't know is kind of like a, it looks like a vinyl record, but it's like got digital grooves on it or yeah. something that you can basically use it to cut up yeah. like any any digital sound mm-hmm. and then there's what you, you you use which is like what a console what is yeah, the word they use? just call it a dj console yeah. basically a controller yeah mm-hmm. does that ever get a little confusing when people uh you say you're a dj and people are like oh yeah. like, what do you do like like yeah. tell me more about that yeah you know look oh. at you you don't look like right dj premier or yeah. D- dj tim westwood or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah i definitely get a lot of people who are just assuming right off the bat that I do vinyl, mm, you know? Sure. Um, there's a lot of people who there's just... There's some snobs, frankly, that are like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll tell people I'm a DJ and they're just kind of... Usually the reaction is like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh, sure you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, once I talk to them and tell them, you know, I do some... I just play for music, people downtown at the, the main bars and stuff like that, then they kind of get a better understanding. But, you know, then they've they usually further ask on like, Oh, what do you play on? How do you play it? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I usually just tell them, yeah, it's a DJ controller. That doesn't really might not make a lot, a whole lot of sense, <laughs> but it's essentially electronic. The more knobs you got on it, I yeah. think the better. That's yeah. just true with any kind of gear. Yeah, definitely. I mean, oh gosh, and I would definitely do vinyl. I would mm-hmm. 100% do vinyl. I just went with a controller route because a lot of it is cheaper. Um, A lot of the controllers are cheaper than than buying vinyl. And I've been kind of a cheap DJ just because it's expensive hobby. Oh, my gosh. You don't want to lug crates around. Yeah. I mean, and then sadly, like with Eugene being a pretty small market, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just seems like it would be a real real hassle to go and make that much investment in Mm -hmm. in your craft and have to bring around so much stuff Mm -hmm. to DJ for like two hours or less. And, you know maybe not get that well compensated for it mm-hmm. etc yeah definitely yeah um what are some of your favorite mashups and do you like make your mashups yourself no that's funny I, I was just thinking about that um part of the reason why i like controllers i think too is uh remixes and mashups yeah. just like um kind of being able to mess with it as almost you are editing it live um i i mean god i have a lot of favorite um mashups um but i think you did one with party in the usa am i wrong yes so i did that with biggie Biggie smalls i don't Um, i don't know why i'm thinking that there's like uh, i feel like that i heard hypnotized by biggie smalls (laughs) with the vocals of 
uh, party in the USA or reverse. I don't There's remember. definitely so a lot of the tracks that I do play um, that are mashups are from an actual DJ pool where they come from other DJs. Word. Um, so a lot of the times I am playing mixes and mashups and people kind of think I'm doing it, but sure. uh, a lot of DJs do do it. This is actually not a uncommon thing as they play a lot of mashups and remixes, but doing that on top of mixing with the next track. So then it sounds even more like, oh my God, they just went from this song to this song to that song. But yeah. in reality, it's, you know, unless you're one of the best DJs in the world, you're you're really playing a song that's already been pre-mixed and then mm-hmm. you're mixing it into something else. So then, you know, I mean, there's tons of DJs who, who do it and I've, I know it. It's just, it's, it's uh, just what, you know, a lot of DJs do it just because of the, you go on, um, DJ pools that everyone shares what they have come up with. And like, if I made something, then I share it with someone, other DJ, it's kind of a way of like promoting all the DJs around, you know, the United States or the world. Um, and, uh, you know, it also gives me that inspiration or the next song to the next song, finding that next song that overlays very well with that song. Um, I definitely did do one on my own though. That had to do with party in the USA. Okay. Right on. I do remember one. yeah. Yeah. I do remember it was, um, it was a party in the USA and, um, it was the part where she was like, um, uh, the one, the part where she talks about Britney. Oh, oh. Um, and the Britney song um, was on. Yeah, and the Britney song was on. Yeah, and then yeah. you, I just switched it to, bounce, bounce. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes you can get um a, a lyric or something yes, in a song. Yes, that's a good point. You know that you could just switch over and just like it's kind of pre you know warning you here's the next song yes. and then you drop it out of nowhere and you're like okay hey yeah. all right yeah i did that a lot too with um iggy azalea's part um why would you uh, do that with problem <laughs> problem okay oh, you know yeah, 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 and then yeah. she goes i got 99 problems and then i switch it over to a bitching nice. one <laughs> nice yeah Okay, that's the only Iguzele song I really love, but it's mostly because Ariana Grande is on it, and she's the yep, greatest. Yep. She's like, ugh. She is the modern Mariah Carey. Oh, yeah. Um, But I think somehow more endearing. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like her personality a lot. Yeah. Um, And then um, the way she responded to that tragedy at her concert. Yeah. The mass shooting. Yeah. Well, I try to... Uh, my one of my goals is I want to ask like musical people about politics and I want to ask political people about music mm-hmm. when I get them on the show. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about guns? <laughs> <laughs> well, I make a lot of uh, gun noises when I DJ. I do a lot of bang, bang gunshot right. noises, uh, just for, um, I don't know. It makes it sound cooler. There was an Eminem concert where they had some really loud bangs and hit like some people gave him flack because they were like, some people thought that there was being a shooting at the show. That's something that everyone's been doing for so long. Exactly. It's just, that's something you drop in a track. Do you ever use the the air horn? Oh yeah. Yeah, Of course. Everyone uses the air horn. (laughs) Oh yeah. I definitely use that. It's like kind of a meme kind of cliche at this point, but it's effective. Mm -hmm. And like, Actually, one of the things too, because okay, well, I've done gone on a couple rap tours, mm-hmm. and I set up my laptop and I essentially DJ my own set during mm-hmm. when I perform. Um, but like, one of the things about that air horn mm-hmm. uh, that makes it great is is that um, when a performer's on stage, mm-hmm. 
there's not that much they can do to to communicate with the people like okay this is your cue that the song's over this is the cue you should put your hands up unless they're really explicit about it which yeah. sometimes is really corny yo everybody put your hands up um but like just those things that they become a cue to everybody where they know or like that big it's like a big crashing sound mm-hmm. it's usually right after the air horn is yeah. like pew, pew. <laughs> yeah or like something yep. like that yep. it's like these are these it's like it's like language mm-hmm. music is totally language oh definitely yeah yeah, yeah i mean you got to have but a you're skirt, full you're set skirting of the question about guns okay <laughs> skirt skirt um yeah no i definitely have um an opinion on it. I think I have a hard time with uh, just talking in general about politics only because sure. I don't study up on a lot of it. Fair. Um, I definitely hear what I hear um, and I do have an opinion, but I think I am very open to listening more than I am throwing my opinion out there just from both sides. God, I wish we had more people like you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I have. As I'm an incredible hypocrite (laughs) yapping about my opinions every day online. I think, yeah, it just, no, it's when you do your, um, when you're passionate about um, learning about a topic or something like that and you really want to know both sides, you've studied up on a lot of things. um, I feel like you, yeah, you definitely have the right to put your opinion out there and not saying that I don't have a right, but I also don't think that my opinion is a hundred percent not that it's not accurate, but it's just, I wish I did more studying up on what I'm talking about before I say something stupid, you know, <laughs> you know, cause I, my opinion, I mean, my, my sister owns a gun. My dad owns a gun. My family on both sides, they have guns out of protection. My sister's really good at shooting. Right on. Um, I love shooting a BB gun at cool. cans, empty cans. I love that. I think the fun of it, um, you know, I get the whole aim and, shoot and hitting that you know can or hit whatever you're going at is fun yeah any you know games in the you know in the mall or anything like that i mean it's the same fun from like it's fun you wad up a piece of paper throw it in the recycle bin or or you you know playing basketball or bowling or wii sports bowling yeah you know it's just target target activities exactly it's fun i loved paintball i loved all that stuff i just think that uh me personally um i I shot my first gun um, last year with my aunt um, just because of the fact that I've never done it. Right. Um, And when I did it, I hated it. And um, that's more of just because I, it just, it's scary to know that I have, I guess that power Yeah. and not saying I don't have control over myself or anything like that, but it's just, it doesn't feel good knowing that something ever could potentially go wrong with something like that it just i don't know maybe if i did it more sure. i guess i just have never had the drive i've never had the i want to go play I'm, i want to go play music i want to go do like i don't I'm, i get it for protection i would love to maybe be able to protect myself in that case and mm. get trained in and just being able to protect myself someday if i am in a living situation where i feel that that it's necessary Mm. Um, but in my life right now i don't feel like it's necessary for me personally Mm -hmm. but i do see a lot of people who are very passionate about it and who feel that they are they absolutely need it i mean i was looking at Mm. a car on my way to work today that had the united states on the back of a of their car but all states were shaped as guns really (laughs) yes (laughs) And um, to me, that was a little much because I just yeah. don't, I don't like to see anything full force one way or another. Mm. I don't want to, mm. I, I don't get that way of just 
It's almost yeah, like a defense with a, a mechanism. Yeah, a certain level, like, I, I don't mean, know. With, with a lot of things, you can get borderline creepy with it, and some people are just, like, weirdly, like, yeah. <laughs> weirdly into their guns. Yeah. But, like, um, you know, we, talk, we talked a little about, about how our society is kind of getting more divided and polarized. And, yeah. And, um, you know, like, if you, there's a lot of expectation on both sides, like, you have to be with us on all of the issues. Mm-hmm. Um and like, for example, that's a big critique uh, or one of the critiques from the left of Bernie Sanders is that he has voted against the Brady bill in the past, which was kind of a gun control legislation mm-hmm. bill. Um, but what I, uh, I, I would probably be more pro gun rights than like most of, at least, especially the very liberal people I went to college with. Um, and one of the biggest reasons for me is uh, if you look at African American community and like one of my uh, heroes mm-hmm. with everything, music, po- like just like being a dope human being and having amazing ideas and being an r- incredibly good speaker, mm-hmm. Killer Mike. Are you familiar with him? It's one mm-hmm. half of R- Run the Jewels. Oh, okay. Um, amazing duo with LP. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, uh, like his whole thing is that uh he doesn't really trust the government mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't trust what the government has done to his communities Fair. um of course the other argument is always like well what, what's one person with a gun going to be able to do if the government really does come after you um but like it's it's pretty similar to my stance with abortion and like abortion if you're pro-choice then that's a, you're, you're on the left and if you're pro-gun rights and you're on the right but really both of those things come about come uh, down to what role should the government play in what choices we're about to, we make about mm-hmm. our lives about our families so i'm one of those people where like i lean pro gun rights in a lot of ways mm-hmm. i think there's like it's gotten out of control on some level more than, there's like two guns for every person in the u.s some people have like incredible freaking artilleries that they build up and it's like i don't Mm -hmm. know why Mm -hmm. (laughs) i guess i have my things that i collect too yeah um but yeah it's 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 wild how was i gonna circle that thought back i was gonna say something but um oh i mean it's just that i've i've never owned a gun i've shot one uh, Mm -hmm. a couple of times um and i've held a few and it feels powerful Mm -hmm. um but uh that weirdly scares me for some reason like yeah. holding that, holding yeah. that. I don't know why. Well, I mean, I don't know why. more people, uh, you, if you have a gun in your home, you are much more likely to be the victim of that gun mm-hmm. than you are to use it to protect yourself in your home, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and, you know, everybody thinks that they have, um, I, I'm not going to do that or, you know, uh, or, you know, it's not going to be a problem for me, but something happens and it happens mm-hmm. like a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the fact that like, you know, I haven't been suicidal for a long time, but there mm-hmm. was a period in my life when I was. Yeah. Like 2016, 2017. Yeah. And yeah. So I just do, I, I just, that's mm-hmm. one of the things I'll just let other people, you yeah. know, <laughs> you guys can have that. And maybe I'll fight for common, like what I believe are sensible, you know, rights that you should be able to continue to have. Yeah. Especially because it's also very cultural. Yeah. And it's like the, fe- like the federal government. Um, a lot of people really hate them because they are in Washington, D.C. And Washington, D.C. is not the United States of America. Mm-hmm. There's so many different parts of the country that have their own distinct character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
people get kind of tired of the government making decisions for the whole country. Yeah, no, definitely understand that. Yeah, that's why everyone's just, you know, letting everyone know their opinion to make like sure that they don't lose what they want and mm-hmm. everything and putting their stickers in their car. I see it every day. I work at Lithia. So I right. see a lot of different Oregonian. opinions. That's a big one. Yes. Oregonian. <laughs> I've seen a lot of those stickers. I mean, I saw a huge green piece of paper in the back of a guy's car that just said, Kate Brown sucks. Unsurprising. You know, I've heard a lot of different, I mean, God, cars come through there with their opinions on their bumper stickers and all that stuff. And yeah. seeing them constantly throughout the day, it just almost is exhausting to look at just yeah. back and forth. You see so many different kinds of cars and different types of people. And, and it's just like, I don't know, when do we find an understanding or where do we find a middle ground where everyone's happy? Is that even possible? I don't know. I saw a comment on Facebook because one of the things with me and social media is that, okay, like I said, we went to the school where, you know, it was not all just like the super progressive hippie Eugene mm-hmm. people. It was a whole variety of people. And oh, yeah. I value and cherish my connections with those people. Mm-hmm. And so I've never been someone who's just like, okay, I'm really tired of this person's politics. Let me unfriend them. Um, I don't really do that. Um, I don't even unfollow all that often Mm -hmm. because even if it's not what I believe, Mm -hmm. I believe I'm learning something important by seeing Mm-hmm. a variety of opinions yeah but sometimes the comments oh my god yeah oh <laughs> like yeah like there was this all caps comment yeah on something kate brown said yeah kate brown needs to go back to california they tax so much in california and now the californians are coming here and they're trying to they came to escape that and now they're trying to tax more in oregon mm-hmm. and kate brown is not even remotely from california <laughs> oh god oh, so a couple no. people were like and i wrote no level, no amount of all caps can make Kate Brown a Californian. Yeah. She's from Minnesota. Yeah. Those are the comments. I think I definitely have unfriended one. It's, it takes me a lot to do it. She's but the one, governor for anyone who's not Oregon <laughs> and somehow you care about this podcast. One or two people I have unfriended only out of um, like a lot of consistency of posts that, that keep popping up on my feed of stuff that is just purely i hate to say it idiotic <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not just saying that like just hey, the everyone show's has called their less opinion stupid. everyone has their opinion but there's some things that just didn't take a lot of thought into and it's more <laughs> of a meme and it's more of just to make fun of somebody else mm. and you know i'm just not about that and i'd rather right. just not get involved i mean i got invited to a um group on facebook the other day that i found super interesting mm. which was um a specific group for lesbians or gay females to basically have memes of straight people (laughs) and making fun of straight people the whole thing i got invited by another i think someone maybe i have to walk back what i said no one's making fun of straight people i guess they are i couldn't believe it i (laughs) i found i got invited to this group i was what is this and this girl kept inviting me over and over and over again and i looked at it and i started reading the memes and it was just purely making fun of straight people and i was just like Hmm. Like I kind of like chuckled at a couple of them, but then I realized the whole page was about it. I'm like, oh, this is just straight up hate uh, on straight people, and I'm like, I don't want to get sure. No, it's just either way. It's just right. like I want to enjoy everyone, and and mm. you know, everyone makes jokes here and there. But if I see it every day and it's all about one thing, I just I don't want it. You know, right. I don't want that hate, unnecessary hate. Um, you know, I got to the point where I just deleted my Facebook app. I have Messenger, but good for you. I just, I don't know. It's hard because Facebook 
almost you don't have the control of what you see mm. facebook kind of puts out all this random stuff here and there politics mm. random things mm -hmm. and with like instagram you know yep. i can choose on what i follow what i unfollow right you know obviously something i don't like yeah just to get rid of it you mm -hmm. know um so that's why i still kind of have that i right. can follow a lot of art a lot of inspiration yeah. Uh, but Facebook kind of just throws garbage sometimes out there. <laughs> and I just personally, I think it's a great tool for positive things. I still use it. I still pop it up sure. every once in a while. But having the app to where I every day can mindlessly grab it and look right. at it and then go, what What am I doing? Right, right. <laughs> it's been two hours I mean, at that and level, I it's didn't learn anything. It programs your brain to have certain habits um, and a, something akin to a dependency, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're, if you're leaning on it in every, you know, bathroom visit and every yeah. like, moment of your time. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I was going to make an EP. I still probably will. It's like, uh, five songs. One is called, one's about, and they're supposed to sound and feel like all the different social platforms. Mm -hmm. One of them Spotify just cause I'm a musician, but then one's about YouTube, one's about Twitter, one's about Facebook, one's about Insta. Um, or maybe there was a Snapchat one as a bonus track. I don't remember. Um, but like the thing about Facebook, Facebook came and like totally stuck a huge knife in the back of, well, not in the back, but of MySpace. They totally shattered MySpace, you know? Yeah. Um, as MySpace. this more kind of like at that time, like more professional-ish. Um, you know, you use your real name. You can't make your custom site look all crazy with like mm -hmm. HTML. Yep. And embedding a thousand videos on your site to make it oh, yeah. unloadable. Some hours <laughs> just editing my profile. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, I think social media history is going to be a real a real field soon. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm I'm into it. I think it's really interesting and, and to mm -hmm. see how platforms change a lot. Yeah. Because... Um, there isn't any like perfect replacement for Facebook yet, mm -hmm. you know, cause Instagram is like so image focused. Mm -hmm. You can't just type your thoughts really. Yeah. I mean, you can on a story, but you know, you're, you're making it into an image. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of us are kind of just like, well, I'm still on Facebook cause I have to be on Facebook or like my, you know, relatives are still on it, yeah. et cetera. But like the middle schoolers I've worked with and even the high schoolers now, they're like, What? I mean, we're, we're at a point where like Facebook is coming now for the, the older people. Absolutely. And, like, and the kids are on IG, Definitely. but they're, they're really on Snapchat. Yeah. They're really on Snapchat. Yeah. Um, but I think of like, one of the things about Facebook is it's just, uh, compared to any of those other ones where there's like kind of a specific purpose, mm -hmm. Twitter is really good for politics and news because it's like all the journalists are on there. It's very immediate. It's about mm -hmm. ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, of course there's memes and stuff too there's memes on everything oh yeah can't <laughs> escape the memes. human beings like to laugh at shit and like jokes mm -hmm. um and then instagram has that art focus um and then but facebook is just a variety show that's what i think of it as mm -hmm. and so when i'm at work and i see my coworkers, you know i'm working at the hotel when there's no one at the desk the coworkers can actually they're not supposed to be on facebook anymore because it became a problem but they can kind of do whatever they want yep and uh it's just so different what their feeds look like compared to mine oh yeah yeah there's somewhere it's just all frankly like uh apolitical memes you mm -hmm. know just like jokes and jokes and memes mm -hmm. and even when something becomes like a um, political event it'll become a meme like mm -hmm. the coronavirus became like a like a meme yeah um Jeffrey Epstein became a meme. Mm -hmm. um, but I just think it's interesting. And in no way do I think I am like better or more intellectual than my coworkers, but it's just like, uh, we have a different idea of like, 
okay, when I have my downtime, yeah. I really want to know what's happening in Uzbekistan and like <laughs> whatever all around the, the world. And I totally get that a lot of people ain't trying to do that. Yeah. You know, some people are trying to just escape and watch funny videos that just damn right make them forget what's going on in their reality yeah yeah and some people use it to figure out you know what's going on in the world you know just depends on the person i was one of those people who used it as an escape Mm. you know so now i'm trying to get back into the world and try to figure out my day-to-day life because i was using it for the wrong reasons interesting so now i want to come back and use it for business reasons because i do want to start my own brand yeah so when i come back it's I'm going to definitely, I'm still on social media, but when I come back fully, I want to purposely use it mainly for um, promoting my clothing brand that I'm going to start. So that's what you meant by brand. My brand. Yes. My clothing brand. I want to start. I mean, I've literally scratched the surface at it, but it's been something that I've been planning for about a year now. Right. And um, yeah, I'm definitely, um, it's going to happen. I'm just, uh, I got to move this weekend and then we've got to start, um, buying some of the machines, the products, the clothing and no way you're going to be really like making it yourself. I really want to, I want to start my own brand. I've a lot of Instagram, um, people on Instagram who have done it that I've been following that have just constantly I look at their shit and I'm just like god damn I want to do that so bad nice so it's kind of the next thing I I'm definitely one of those people that does a hobby for two or three years <laughs> and does and DJ was definitely a passion that's more it wasn't really a hobby it was definitely something I was going to try to further on in my career and, and it's not gone at all by any right. means but uh, it's on pause I would say for a little bit and I cool. think it's a good opportunity for me to jump on the next thing that I really want to start doing so nice but yeah DJ Kalian is still here and is still gonna um, uh, maybe dj at the davis here a little bit i've been talking to uh dj sip over there and he uh he wants me back so definitely gonna be around town but i'm uh, sorry dj sip dj sip (laughs) i love it yeah (laughs) i had not heard that (laughs) name he's been doing it forever he's been doing it longer than i've been alive i've been gone on tours i've gone on Take a sip for DJ yeah. Sip. <laughs> yeah. Pour uh, one out. No. <laughs> right? Pour one out for the homie. Yeah. No, um, yeah. So I'm definitely going to be around doing that, but just on to the next thing. And, um, you know, I really love DJing at the Drake, you know. Um, no shade thrown at any of the workers, the bartenders, or any of that. Mm. Um, it was the owners that fired me, people who oh. that I met one time when I first started there um, huh. don't even know if they knew who I was all they knew was that I blew a speaker one oh, night of DJing oh. um, they had to do a diagnostic on it okay and then they had to replace the speaker which cost them a lot of money so what do they do because they have owned three different bars in Eugene and they're rich busy people in fur coats um, they just get rid of whatever that big chunk of change came, came out so they just huh. fired the DJ they do have a sound guy that you're just human collateral yeah. that blows they do have a sound guy that makes sure that something like that does ha- doesn't happen but somehow I still made it happen mm. and uh, they chose to get rid of me from, from what they told me I uh, tried my best to convince them that I would replace place pay for the speakers pay for the diagnostic i've been doing it for two and a half years uh do they i don't even think they knew i won best dj of eugene i don't even think yeah, they knew clearly I, they didn't they're they're also <laughs> they're I, lost. I don't know if this helps but they You're, were a lesbian couple um oh. who owns the bar do uh-huh. they know they fired their one lesbian <laughs> dj i don't know ah, i don't where's even think the they know at? who i was so that's where i'm huh. kind of like 
I'm slightly angry at the situation because mm. it felt pretty unfair. I just have a lot of unanswered questions mm. um, for doing it for so long. Uh, and, and I was a huge income for me as well. Right. Uh, not having an opportunity to fix it or make it better. Um, just being cut just mm-hmm. kind of was like, really? That's, that sucks. That does suck. So. Well, that kind of makes me think, and I don't want to, I don't know anything about these people, but um, the queer community, and that's the one syllable way to put it, and some people would go as far as to say the LGBTQIA plus community, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It, even just all those delineations, um, and I, I personally identify as non-binary. It's not really a big thing that I talk about all that much. Um, but like, that's just kind of where I'm at in Mm -hmm. terms of how I view myself. And I've always thought of myself as bisexual or maybe pansexual since like probably like 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I think from the outside perspective, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of belief that like, oh, all those people are like really insular and like Mm -hmm. really together and they fight together. Mm -hmm. But like Dave Chappelle has a great joke and I thought it was a fucking hilarious joke. Some people didn't like it, but I don't care. But it was basically the LGBT people and how they're all in the same car. Yeah. Um, But... And they travel in the same car, but they they have their different, like, I don't know, like, uh, I'm fucking it up. So you should never explain a comedian's joke, especially if you're like me and you're not funny. Um, (laughs) You're funny. But, like, don't you think that, what do you think about that in terms of, um, you know, like, that that sucks to me that they were so unaware of what you do and they didn't, they didn't, they didn't even give you a chance. Mm -hmm. Um, That speak to me, that speaks to yeah like there are a lot of people who okay they just happen to be Mm -hmm. uh gay or you know same gender loving and it's totally not something they care about Mm -hmm. like they or they don't want to be involved it's just who they are yeah yeah and i don't even know if that's something that they were personally out about you know that's something that Mm. you know i'm sharing now but no i mean they're very very under the radar on owning like nobody really knows the owners of these three bars i met them once and i don't even remember their faces all i remember is they had fur coats but you know i know from what i heard is that they were a couple and um it's it's one of those things on top of how messed up that situation was uh for me it's kind of like looking out you know for your community one just saying okay this is a girl girl dj she has gone past those like stereotypes you know a lot of people don't give girls a chance right on top of that she is gay and she's open about it i was featured in slutatia i don't know who she cool. was her her music video that I've she heard of her the, yeah. by name but i don't know i'm not i'm not familiar i was featured in um That's it, dope. in her music video um called rainbow nice. and uh i you know just putting out she was putting out people in the community who are you know lgbt plus mm-hmm. and all that um you know putting those people out there in the video and showing like us as a community and so it felt good to be recognized as that i'm not just known as that but that is a part of who i am nice and so with the owners not even really knowing probably any of the their employees names Mm. or any of that you know just kind of sucks because uh you know i don't know maybe they're just they're too busy uh knowing some of this stuff right but um just making sure we're still rolling okay (laughs) oh no this might be an audio only episode no is it not no oh bummer no 
What happened? Well, you know what? I don't oh. know what happened. That sucks. Just stopped recording. Yeah. Well, shoot. That really sucks because we had we were having a great chat and yeah. people are not going to get to see all that crap on video. Eh, Damn it's it! Okay, we can. They can. We'll just. <sighs> all we'll, right, you're still here with us, audience, and thank you. You but, can just give them a little pre-idea in the movie if you want to keep or in the video on oh YouTube. Just if you want to continue to listen to the podcast, you got to go to the audio f- version. True. Yeah. Ah, uh, now it's not even lined up all that well. Not editing though. I refuse. I refuse to in edit. In part because, well, I want to provide the same kind of platform slash experience for everybody. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. <sighs> Shoot. We lost uh, one hour and four minutes. Oh, We have bummer. the audio. Um, and this is, let me give a, let me take some time right now to shout out the audio listeners. Y'all are not losing anything <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. are awesome for continuing to listen yeah and switching over from the video to listening on audio yeah oh yeah i'll just i'll we'll take a selfie and we'll just put it yeah. there for the whole video absolutely and i really apologize that sucks yeah uh, that's okay yeah shit happens Mm-hmm. <laughs> we roll with it you roll with it roll we with the roll punches with that's what i mean i fucking got knocked in the stomach of losing my job at the drake and uh, also going through many other very bad things in my life all at once and you just gotta keep going yeah just gotta keep going it sucks but i think that the best way that i can salvage this is that the audio will be the full episode, but okay. we just started rolling for the video. Okay. So let me reintroduce All for right. people uh, what's going down. Hello, everybody. This is Less Stupid with Thomas Huda. I'm here with DJ Kalian. We had a tragedy where we lost the first 65 minutes of this episode when it comes to the video. But if you search Less Stupid uh, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can hear the whole conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh but this video will probably only be like 20 minutes, so people might actually watch it. Hey! Sweet! Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, no. I mean, the attention span. I mean, people will be like, all right, 20 Absolutely. minutes, I can do that. I mean, <laughs> Rogan does three hours sometimes with people. God, I know. <laughs> I know, I like it, but then and I I've, just yeah. check out sometimes. Oh, totally. It's it. like you fall asleep to it, and it's cool. Oh, yeah. 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 I like that. Well, one thing I did want to ask you, because mm-hmm. DJs have like... Listen, often encyclopedic knowledge of music is like uh what before you even like got into djing who are some of the most um important musicians in your life so i would clarify me as like a different kind of dj just because i feel like i got in it purely for um well i love music but um the people um the people's reactions and uh seeing their reactions and be able to provide the party um you know just felt the best but um music i think i had so many different genres growing up Mm -hmm. a lot which i i loved i would have to say like the um remix between um run dmc and uh fuck aerosmith Aerosmith. walk this way yes that was the first i think charting rap song yes it's one of the songs that kind of stood out to me because i love collaborating between different songs genres remixes mashups they're all my favorite because you get to hear something new from two different artists and it's a whole new song and it's just i love that because you play it for someone and you're like oh you weren't expecting that huh you know like that was pretty cool switch up it is awesome it's uh it gets people more 
more interested in listening to it because they think they know what they're hearing. Well, one of my favorites is <laughs> there's a Justin Bieber song that was formerly the highest viewed video on YouTube, and it's the song Baby. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows how that goes. Bump, bump, bump. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And then the vocal comes in and it's a Slipknot song called Psychosocial. <laughs> yeah. I did my time and I want out. And it works perfectly. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> That's I love some of the that. most fun. I love that. That's just fun. That's just fun, like putting two songs together that sure. work. I mean, well, songs over time just end up almost sounding the same, too. Fair. And. Ultimately, I think about this a lot. Like if you have a, a keyboard or a piano, 88 keys, mm-hmm. what are you really doing? Even as a, even as a writer, mm-hmm. if you're writing a book, what are you really doing? You're just rearranging things. Yeah. You're just creating a combination of, of sounds or of letters. And so is being a DJ all that different from being a, like producing music? Not really. I mean, mm-hmm. it just depends on the scale of how big you look mm-hmm. at things. Because what you created for people is an hour long, Mm -hmm. two hour long, three hour long experience Mm -hmm. that they can't get anywhere else. Yeah. Might be unique. That's unique to that night. Yeah. Um, But, you know, those creative moments of finding something that actually does fit with something else really, really well. Yeah. Is awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that's I love just creating music, creating um, a good time or when people actually hear something where they remember the next day, even after drinking and dancing, like, oh, when you did that one song and then (laughs) you did that, like, that was so cool. How'd you do that? You know, those are the times that I'm like, okay, they really were drunk and they remember it. Yeah. yeah. Unless they did a good job then if they actually like remembered something from the night, you know, um, yeah, I love purely the um, reaction of people and how them having a good time. I definitely grew up listening to classic rock. The Beatles uh, has was a heavy influence in my music, mm. um, you know, and uh, I, I listen to a lot of throwback hip hop music from my nice. sister. My older sister was very into hip hop and I kind of got all of that music from her, what she listened to, I listened to, you know, she was cool in my eyes growing up. Like she nice. was the cool older sister. So sure. I always wanted to hear what she was hearing. Tech nine got into heavy oh, yes. growing up, you know, I'm going to meet him on April 21st, I think. Hey, the okay. first time, but I've been a fan since, you know, our, our, you probably know Marcus Kirkpatrick. You totally know Marcus Kirkpatrick. Mm-hmm. Cause he was a, wasn't he the team manager for the women's basketball at North? Was he, or was that men's? I don't know. Okay, I know Brooks Kirkpatrick. Was, oh, totally different guy, but also yeah. cool guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, like Marcus, was one of those people who was really big up in Tech Nine mm-hmm. from like middle school up. Um, and t- he has those artists who just like, yeah, sorry, he has those fans mm-hmm. where they just click so well with him. Mm-hmm. Technicians, he calls yeah. them. And, you know, he's got a huge catalog, Mm -hmm. so it's really easy to just be a super fan of tech. Um, And, God, he's an amazing artist. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, this is a good time early in the video to say that one of the things that I hope to do if I win the mayoral election um, is, you know, that's a very symbolic position Mm -hmm. being the mayor of a town Mm -hmm. you have power you set the legislative agenda for the council but you don't even vote on the city council issues unless there's a tie Mm -hmm. and you're a front 
it's not that I mean executive positions are all often like that you just mm-hmm. be someone with personality who likes people who can go out there and publicly speak yeah um and you know we should this is a part of my effort to celebrate the artists of Eugene this podcast and do more for artists um build better networks yeah. um oh, definitely. I think we should have a stand up comedy community that thrives more in Eugene we could but we don't um, the Drake does a good comedy night Friday that's, nights. That's good. Yeah, yeah. that's good. There, I mean, I haven't gone to a show but one or two times, but mm-hmm. this seems like they got a pretty good thing going there. It's. I don't want to erase it. What I want to do is hopefully, from a bit of an outsider's perspective, yeah, help it build. Oh, absolutely. Um, but the reason I said all that is because um, I want. Like we, there are awards that a mayor gives. One of them that's pretty cool is called the Bold Steps Award. They give it to businesses who are doing really good things on climate and environmentalism, sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to create the Creative Giant Award. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I want it to be a good looking award. And I want to give it to people who have love for Eugene mm-hmm. and they have done um, great things in the creative world. Mm-hmm. And simply because you know some people think oh that's not a politics issue no dude art is what makes life worth living mm-hmm. like your job helps you survive and keep living yeah. and that's good and maybe mm-hmm. you love it and you love people and you love your family but you know what are you doing with your family what like you know on uh you don't just sit around and do nothing you're like reading books together you're watching movies together you're appreciating music together yeah Art is what makes life truly worth doing because life is life is fucking hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> life is very hard. So I'm, I want to give Tech Nine the Creative Giant Award. Hey, I need to. I need to. I, I think I want someone to make it out of Oregon timber, but I don't know if I can find anyone who's good at woodworking, and I don't. I don't know what it'll be, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna present it to him. I paid 175 bucks to get a VIP package. Hell yeah! Uh, and finally gonna meet the homie. Hell yeah! And That's I just awesome. hope I hope it doesn't fall on its ass because mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes things happen like that in life. Yeah. Um, but they say don't meet your heroes. But I really want to believe that Tech Nine will be. I don't have like an unrealistic expectation. I don't yeah. expect him to see me and be like, "What's up, man?" Yeah. <laughs> but like, um, that sincerity that he has for the love of his fans. Oh yeah. Is really awesome. That's a, that's a great thing is having that when you find an artist that takes the time to talk to you or like gives you an opportunity, you know, ones that have, I think it's the ones too that haven't really made not that say underground. I would say yeah. that stay more. Well, someday I'll tell people I have, I, I, I stole say, a DJ Kaylee sticker was, from her car. I was going to give you one anyways. I was ah, going to be like, Hey, I was waiting for the right it. time, but no, yeah, that is for you. Please keep that. Oh, hell yeah. I will. Absolutely. Thank you, madam. Yeah, no, definitely. I just met one of my favorite artists. Uh, and got a photo with her and everything. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. I'm, I'm. Who that? Uh, Blimes Brixton and okay. uh, Gifted Gab. Um, they're they're very. Um, I would I wouldn't say new because they've been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not super known. They're very known on the West Coast. Cool. Um, they just opened for Atmosphere, uh, which is a show I just went and saw. Nice. Um, they came out uh, with a song about a year ago called Come Correct. And it that's what I found them on a, a, a gang on a gang of girls. Um, I had one of their little private groups found mm-hmm. that video and I was in love with them instantly. Right. And uh, uh, Blimes is a, you know, gay female rapper. Sweet. White. 
Um, and, cool. and I just, for me as a white gay DJ, <laughs> I definitely like related to her on mm. her style, the way mm. she talked, everything just, I was like full fan of her mm. and those two girls together, um, just doing a lot of more old school hip hop, which I thought was super dope and dope. listened to them constantly. Finally got the opportunity to meet them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I didn't realize how, cool blimes was gonna be i mean blimes came up to me and i expected her to say hi but Uh she was just full force katie motherfucking harvey and grabbed my hand Ah! and shook it and we did the whole fist bump thing and gave me a hug and uh that's just that just made my fucking year that's (laughs) awesome (laughs) that's awesome yeah dude uh <laughs> i've i have two stories one is of a terrible experience of meeting an artist that i love and one is of a great experience and i'll start with the terrible one um there's this there's this uh girl band they're a duo um called girl pool mm-hmm. and um the in minneapolis there there seems to be a pretty big scene of like um all-female rock bands and um like there's a band called taco cat which mm-hmm. is a palindrome mm-hmm. t-a-c-o-c-a-t mm-hmm. um and a bunch of cool bands but i went to a show at the oh gosh i can't even remember the name of it now but it's the something 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 club and it's like really famous uh <laughs> wow I'm, I'm the worst um <laughs> and i'm a terrible podcast host this is growing great um, no no you're not at the end Thank you. Uh, I met the band Girl Pool and um, they're like indie, like hipster people. I get mm-hmm. it. Like they're not like enthusiastic people. It's like they're more like, hey, what's up? Chill. But uh, Chill yeah, I got a photo with them and uh, all it was was I just, uh, they were like, they, they were doing the photo and they like did this and I was like, oh, are you doing that because I'm Asian? Like, and <laughs> they just both felt really awkward about that. I meant it as like a joke and they were like, no. And that was like it. Oh no! <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god! But then, in a similar vein to what's the artist name that you were talking about? Blimes. Blimes. So, um, uh, actually, the uh, one artist that I really like, his name's Watsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard of Watsky? Sounds familiar. Maybe, maybe, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like this era we're in, where like. You know, I even have a little group, a Facebook group of Watsky fans and they, we all love him and we're like, have built a community around that. And he made the group, Mm -hmm. um, and he's like toured nationally a lot and been really successful and he's getting more successful, but like, he's not a mainstream artist, Yeah, but like, you know, he might as well be to me Mm -hmm. because of my deep love of him. And he's always mad cool about meeting people after the shows, even though like, Mm -hmm. like many of us, like he's got social anxiety at times. And like, you know, he's got, uh, it's just a really exhausting thing to Mm -hmm. meet all these people and Mm -hmm. try to make every show like live up to your name and like to the expectation that all these people bring driving hours to see you. Um, but he just cares a lot. And like, um, kicked it with him you know very very briefly but met him like 11 times now Mm -hmm. he's solidly you know he's like what's up thomas gives me a hug and that's like gosh what could be better right yeah oh yeah definitely it's such a good feeling because especially when they recognize your passion for what they do you know it's it's a good feeling i mean whenever i dj even though i'm getting you know drunk high fives and stuff it's still (laughs) 
it feels good when people are like oh your set was great you fucking killed it you killed it like you know even if you're not feeling that great about your own set or what you did when you have those people who come like i have a group of guys that would always come every time my dj and they'd always tip me and they'd always hype me up and like just having those people that you know you always want to look out for them and you were like yeah these are the people who've been supporting me forever yeah like recognizing that is, is super awesome it feels good to have you know people to support you and what you do sure so absolutely i've got um the cool thing is I was pretty active in music from like 2013 and 2014, mm-hmm. 15 ish. Um, my last full, my only full length album I put out as gradient was from 2014. Um, but I really wanted to make that, especially cause I'd done a couple of mixtapes before that were kind of just meh. I made them in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to make the full album like a really not successful but well produced put together well packaged Mm -hmm. you know physical packages hundred thousand copies of the cd Mm -hmm. i wanted to go all out and i did reach out to a lot of those sort of similar echelon artists where like they've got a big following on youtube where they've got like um you know serious people come to their shows all across the country but they're not like big Mm -hmm. you know and i got a lot of those people on my album I'll rattle them off. You probably haven't heard of any of them, but that's cool. Uh, Guante, uh, the Palmer Squares, the Joker, Massetti, um, Watsky does like a little skit. My Wax does a little skit. Um, a bunch of people who were li- straight up my heroes, like leading up to that project. Um, but then like the power of Spotify mm-hmm. is that like I tag those artists on the song. So then like their fans will find it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like in the many years that I've been inactive, like 2016 until very recently, um, still people like comment on my YouTube, like, man, like, when are you going to upload something? Like, yeah, we miss yeah. you. And, and like, there's like this guy, Cole Wheeler. I've never met this fucking guy, but he knows all my, all my lyrics. And it's like, Dope. I've had to cut co- pe- people cover my songs. Hell yeah. That's like, what? Yeah. You know? That's such a good feeling. That's- and even like, sorry, I'm rambly. No, uh, good. Like monthly listeners, if you break it down, Spotify does the little wrapped at the end of the year. It's like, if I'm having a bad day, I should recognize that someone's listening to my music this Mm day. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And uh, that's amazing. Yeah. It is such a good feeling. It kind of gives you that like drive to keep going and to keep putting your art out there. You know, I definitely wish I could get into producing and doing more of that stuff, putting it on YouTube. But uh, it's been a weird journey for me since September. So I've been kind of putting a lot of that on halt. But I used to put out spray paint art youtube videos nice. on there. i still get comments and yeah, stuff on I've there seen your shit it's fucking amazing everyone tells me go back to doing that too and i'm like <laughs> oh god i freaking would it's just another one of those expensive hobbies and uh i would say that one was the most difficult hobby with one having to wear a mask while i'm doing it the whole time no way yeah having to wear oh, as- just to a respirator keep it out of your, yeah right okay that and then i thought it was like the like, mess okay no yeah just the mask of the respirator um you know just being around that i would do it even if wearing a respirator doing it for two hours in kind of a closed off area mm. i would get the spins and headaches and all that stuff so even though it was a lot of fun and i loved it um it was expensive messy I'd get high as fuck off of the paint. I don't want to be there. Yeah. No. And, um, I definitely want to go back to it, um, during the summer, maybe when it gets a little warmer, but, 
Uh, right now, I'm just going to focus on the brand. Um, hopefully, I can start coming out with that soon. Do you feel like you've settled on a name? I have a list of like 20 names. I have such a hard time picking hard names picking. for yes. anything. Me too. Yes. I have quite a few. Um, there's a few that I know that'll work uh, that I'm not like me personally connected to i found great names that i could totally buy the lcc and all that stuff but it's that connection everyone's like just do it just start it just do something and i'm like i know right. but sometimes i want to i want to pick a name that i know i have like a connection to sure you know so once i make that decision and then get the logo out and i'll start printing and you know, I have, I'm like ready. I'm, I yeah, have you all are. my ducks in a row. It's just making a decision on I know you, you're name. not going to put out some half-ass wimpy sweatshirt, you know, yeah. you're going to, your, your stuff's going to be good. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wanted to, you know, put more DJ Kalian shirts and I did a small run of that. Um, but it's just, it's going to be put on halt for a little bit. Cool. Um, until I probably As long start. as you do come back to it. Oh yeah. Don't just, yeah. Don't put it on hold forever. No, no, definitely not. That's what, um, after I actually got, you know, let go from the Drake, mm. the stickers were from Serena Phillips who oh, actually nice. made these. What a great person. She was going to give them on my birthday. She's going to wait. Uh, nice. but she thought it was going to be a good little inspiration for me to keep going and mm. to not give up, you know, mm -hmm. uh, cause I got pretty down after that day happened. I, I was like, oh, I quit, screw it. I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> But well, for people who listen this far, uh, I've talked before about having multiple jobs, but uh, food service is really challenging, especially in some places. And I just, the learning curve for Chiba Hut was a lot. And uh, you've, have you been to Chiba Hut? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that place. It's a good place. And I worked there for four months, and uh, they were like, yeah, dude, you suck at this. You got to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. not really, but like. I, I could tell I was working really hard to try to not be the like least contributing person there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I accidentally left the meat slicer on and, uh, that's pretty dangerous. And so I left with the meat slicer on and mm -hmm. there was a no call, no show. And it was just like, I was trying to balance that with the other job and, uh, yeah, yeah there, life, there life can goes. get hard. I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah it definitely. It was a shitty phone call. Yeah. I didn't cry, but I almost did. Yeah. I almost did because it, it came a little bit out of nowhere. And so, I mean, I guess that's just workplaces though, you know, it's yeah. like, and, and they were always like, they just like really, really liked me and they liked my attitude and they liked my personality and that's cool. Mm -hmm. And I really liked all of them, but a business is a business. Absolutely. That's what it came down to with me. I, even though I've spent multiple nights and done so much work and put in so much time yeah. into that place, I was more like, hey, you could fire me off of me not being the best DJ or my talent or just not bringing in a crowd or, you know, something like that. I'd be like, okay, that's understandable. You're right. I haven't been bringing in a crowd. I haven't been bringing in the money mm. uh, for customers. But to be fired off of sound was beyond the i mean it was just the last thing i would think right that i would get fired over especially mm -hmm. having them pay a sound guy to be there all night to make sure that doesn't happen yeah he should he should have you know some leeway where the most you get is not going to blow the speaker yeah I didn't, I thought that was the point of having a sound guy was making sure something like that wouldn't happen. But apparently I just, too much slap. I Your just said too yeah, much. Yeah, I was just too hard that night. <laughs> I was too hard. Um, I remember that night too. And 
I mean, I'm not going to say any name, any names and I understand why he was late. He was having a whole living situation, but sure. the sound guy was late an hour that night. Ah, and uh, no, I, I did have like a feeling. Up, not your fault. Uh, ah, that pisses me off. Yeah, I'm it mad sucks. on your behalf. It sucks, man. Yes, because I think they wanted the sound guys there more than me, only because it's hard to find sound guys. Okay, I feel like that. It, they are I highly feel coveted. Like they could find another DJ. There's a lot of DJs around town. Mm. I feel like they they already had a few that were trying to DJ at the Drake. Mm. So I think it was just they would rather save me or save the sound guy than me. I don't know, though. I don't know the full story. I haven't even talked to any of the sound guys. I know a couple of them. Well, I know the two, uh, you know, very well. I could all, I could go up, reach out and talk to them if I wanted to mm. to get some more answers. But right now I'm still a little trying to process it all. It's only yeah. still pretty new. So, yeah. you know, also I'm kind of like I've been so stuck on starting my own clothing brand that it almost felt like maybe this was meant to be for me to take a little break. Mm. I mean, I still going to DJ. It's hard to manage multiple projects like that, that are mm -hmm. different and that require your full tilt energy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely. I love DJing, but it was definitely always, uh, the day it would come, it was that, oh, is it going to be a good night? Is it going to be a bad night? Like sometimes it would almost be like, um, superstitious of me if I mm -hmm. did something this way or did something that way, you know, was my, I going to be off that night? Cause there's some nights where I just kill it in a way I don't even understand where <laughs> I'm just like, is it cause I'm drunk? Is it cause I don't know, like I'm just trying to figure it out. And, and, uh, that buildup of that pressure on myself mentally was always kind of exhausting within itself. Got it. And then DJing for five and a half hours. That's perfect though to people. be drunk because how, what better way to know what a drunk person wants to hear right now? I mean, drunk. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're just right on their level. Yeah. yeah I mean, they. a lot of people oh, would just bring drink me anymore. drinks up there and I'd be like yeah. already three I've drinks deep and they're like, here you go. Here you go. And I'm like, yikes. And there's times where it'd be, I'd be a little too far. I'd be like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to take these free drinks. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would lean forward in my jacket. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it was this jacket. It's so heavy. Mm -hmm. Uh, leaned on the, the transfer. Um, the, uh, fucking god i can't it's been i've been too long out of djing i don't even know what i'm talking about anymore no worries it's the you know, yeah little knob that transfers from one song to the other sure it crossfader, hit it, crossfader. oh my <laughs> well i do Best it. dj of eugene doesn't know her shit no 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 i just hit it or my jacket leaned on it podcast i fished for compliments twice <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's just ooh, that's just me no yeah. it's just it's a work in progress but yeah i leaned on it turned the song off from mm -hmm. and uh you get a, you drink a little bit too much sometimes you you fuck up. Well, alcohol is a million percent a drug. Oh yeah. Like drugs and alcohol, what is that phrase? You know, it's like just because it looks different and it's way more socially accepted and it's on billboards and stuff, which by the way, like there's a big ass Bud Light billboard on 6th and se between 6th and 7th. It's like a four-lane highway. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most ridiculous shit funny? ever. Like, look at our alcohol. Think about if you've got driving. an alcoholic, someone who struggled with alcoholism, and they're sitting at the red light, and you know you're not supposed to use your phone or whatever. So you, you know they're just sitting there, and there's a big ass billboard saying "Drink our beer," mm -hmm. and there's a Seven Eleven on the right of them. It's like I'm not that person, but I empathize Skirt. with the like why, mm -hmm. why, and we have a lot of cannabis billboards too, which is, is also you know it is what it is. But I don't know. I just think 
maybe we could be a little more cognizant of because like kids see that kind of stuff and it just becomes normal to them absolutely and i don't know i'm uh, like drugs and alcohol i'm like more one of those people who's like i guess more libertarian in terms of i want people to be able to do that kind of stuff and i don't want them to go to jail Mm -hmm. for that kind of stuff especially just doing it personally Mm -hmm. um but then like there's also the fact that like sometimes you sit back and i'm just like why why does our society revolve as much as it does around this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um like if you're trying to do you know live music on a small scale and you're trying to trying to do a, do tours and stuff you just can't play anywhere except bars you know and yeah i don't know if there's anything about that that could change but maybe just more all ages venues yeah would be cool oh definitely mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff i remember when i was 18 and lived in portland and how much i was like well i guess i'm gonna you know i was new to Portland and I had friends who were older than me and wanted to party and wanted me to go out and party with them but I wasn't old enough so it was like well just party in the apartment you know and (laughs) and sometimes you have that leeway of drinking as much as you want you know you buy a bottle you just keep going you almost go a little too harder than when you have like only 10 20 bucks you take out for the night right you know if you go out to an all-age bar all ages you only bring 10 bucks 20 bucks to spend you know I don't know it gives Mm -hmm. you a little bit of more I don't know, caution, you got to get home. Oh, and you can't, there's no alcohol served at those places. So right. a lot of people who want it will just try to sneak it and probably get caught. Right. You know, if I, I was trying to look for all those places, there's like a couple of them that I, at the time, but not a lot, you mm. know. And I heard they're pretty sketchy. Okay. <laughs> it's like, eh. yeah. But there's places in this country you can get booze at a drive through. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's just wild. It is wild. Um, being hungover i fucking despise oh yeah it's just bad and it's just Mm -hmm. it's just this like self-induced like i'm not sick but i have made myself sick Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh absolutely and for me it tends to like last well into the p.m of the day yeah my hangovers are more like like my mood like okay. yeah just yeah. weird like i'm pretty dehydrated headache but uh-huh. god it's it's an it's a depressant so you wake sure. up the next morning and it's like i hate life mm. why am i here what am i doing to myself you know <laughs> it's more of a mental thing with me i'm mm-hmm. like yeah mm-hmm. it's not good hangovers suck but i think like and then you like oh maybe if i have a drink i'll be fine yeah <laughs> yeah up the next day like maybe i'll have a mimosa right i'll feel better right Ugh. um that cycle i don't think i want like i have a friend do you know tiger gruber who's colton gruber's yeah. brother but neither of them were your graduating class maybe you didn't know them that well but um like he's got a great podcast called talks with tiger mm-hmm. but he ends up talking a lot about drugs and that's cool like uh and he has a kinesiology degree and he like he knows a lot about the human body um and uh, like I don't want to go that far, but um, just when you talked about the mood from a hangover, uh, I tried LSD in mm-hmm. college, mm-hmm. and it was pretty freaking wild. And it was definitely like, wow, this is not like anything I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And there were some things about it that made me really in awe of the world, and mm-hmm. really, things felt very significant and interesting. Uh, but like then, I couldn't sleep, you know, that night very well. And the next day, even though I got plenty of sleep irritable i was just Mm -hmm. like i just couldn't find 
Mm-hmm. I was just not physically feeling sick, but something was just like off. I'm not me today. Yeah. Like I just I'm still feeling the effects of this thing. And so that's why, you know, I didn't I didn't the only the only drug that I've ever really liked um and I've I've enjoyed alcohol in small small doses, but like uh, I used to smoke a lot of weed and I guess um like the like the curve of like what the experience is is like weed is like this and then it kind of just tapers kind of slowly um but it never really felt feels bad mm-hmm. in the way that alcohol does mm-hmm. that at least for me uh at first i didn't really like that i couldn't think as well <laughs> yeah you know i don't want to just say oh pot makes you dumb but like no definitely that's how i feel too yeah it's yeah. like well i'm just not sharp now or i'm forgetting yeah. things i forget where i set things down yeah um so anyway definitely trying this full sobriety thing for quite a while and it's gonna be go. it's gonna be interesting it's gonna nice be cool. very cool yeah i'm gonna get on that soon soon sure. after i get through my move and yeah gonna get to a better place right now yeah. i just have a beer here and there you know right here and there cool <laughs> all right well i want to ask you one final question unless there's anything else you want to get out there okay um the viewers, thanks for checking out this rare, short video episode of Less Stupid. And if you like what you heard, I actually think we had some of our best chats before the video came on. Um, and you should check that out wherever you stream your podcasts. Um, but I want to know, DJ Kalian, mm-hmm. what's one way we could all be a little less stupid? Oh, man. Just taking the time to listen to someone before you speak. Mm. listening to them until they're really done speaking and getting out what they want to say and then kind of taking another second and trying to think before you speak and then kind of go off of that just trying to understand people better just trying to just say okay i see where you're coming from you know instead of just directly being like oh you're wrong Oh, you're wrong. I don't know. I don't agree with that. Just mm. just being very negative. Just trying to, even if you don't agree with it, just listen to them. Mm. And then that feels good. Just that somebody listened to you, even if they don't agree with you. They're just like, they took the time to listen to you. Yeah. And then just, if you don't agree and you want to maybe go off of that, but maybe in a calm way, go for it. But then if you feel a little anger, a little annoyance, maybe walk away because I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's not going to do any good. Just, just taking the time to understand one another, I think is the best, you know, instead of giving up or just thinking, oh, they're just a stupid fuck. I'm like, oh, listen, I don't know. I love what you said because people, especially if it's not just two people, three people, four people having a conversation, people don't like the pause. Mm-hmm. People sometimes feel like they got to fill every moment. Oh yeah. You know, or just talk to be talking. Mm-hmm. And what's that really doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and we've all done it. I'm sure I've done it during this podcast, mm-hmm. but, um, I really appreciate that answer. Yeah. It's been mad fun. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank Maybe you we'll get you me. on again and we'll get the whole thing on video the whole thing. and it'll be brightly lit and yeah. it won't be in your vehicle. <laughs> um, but this has been really cool and you drive a Toyota. So you're a badass. Hey, is there a place a people can follow you or check you out? Absolutely. Um, they can follow me on, um, at Katie Lou Ray. Uh, that's my Instagram um, or at DJ. Oh yeah. So it's going to be K A T E Y underscore L U R A E. Um, that's my personal Instagram. And then if you want to follow me on uh, my DJ one, that's at DJ Kalian, just at DJ Kalian, no spaces or anything. And it's uh alien with a K. If you want to figure out how to spell that one. 
Yes. You could follow me on there if you ever need a DJ uh, for any event, wedding, uh, hit me up. I'm she kills it. Got about four weddings that I'm doing this summer already, so nice yeah dang yeah it's probably booking season for that it is it is so gotta book up fast hit me up find someone propose con them into marrying you just so you can hire this wonderful woman Mm -hmm. i have really good rates (laughs) (laughs) all right take care all right see you later